Hi everyone, this is Lonnie Miller. You've joined our show, Beyond My Day Job, where we essentially dig into what I would call high-effort hobbies. And I interview and bring to you some fun stories with people within my network who are able to elaborate on the things that keep them excited, motivated, outside of work. And that's what I want you to get out of this as you take a look at your own lives. What is it that gets you going and how can you maybe learn from some of the fun experiences uh, that I'll bring to you on this podcast. So let me share a couple things with you. Something that ties us to uh, our, our segment that we'll hear today. Growing up, I was the guy that was essentially known as having all the soundtracks from movies. And I have to tell you that even most recently I acquired uh, the CD uh, from The Greatest Showman with Hugh Jackman and, and cast. Powerful, real high energy, loved the show, loved the music in it. And I've always thought about movies and music. And uh, then I go back to, in 1981, there was a movie titled Thief with James Caan. Musically driving that entire movie was a group called Tangerine Dream Machine. I loved the sound of Tangerine Dream Machine. You can look them up on YouTube. Um, prolific library of music. Synthesizer, a little bit of Eurotech, but not in a trashy, not in a nightclub sense, but in a, in a very powerful, pulsating uh, and they tied their music into a lot of other movies that they've been featured on. But I mean, you know, let's go back to the point. I had CDs that had jingles from different TV shows, right? So things from 1960s Dragnet to the 80s Charlie's Angels themes music on a CD. Lost in Space from when I was a young kid was on the CD. I had the soundtrack from Out of Africa, the soundtrack from... Uh, Breakfast Club and the Lost Boys later in the mid-80s and that. So, you know, I bring that up because special music outside of just the normal run-of-the-mill um, music that you and I might hear, when I identify with other action and activities, it's just a little more special to me. But here's the deal. Fundamentally, I've always been a consumer of music, never a creator. Now, I'm doing a hideous job right now of teaching myself, playing the guitar, but there's a goal. I want to create something, maybe you know, contribute to something later on. Right now, it's killing my family's ears. But I've always been a consumer, never a creator. And today, I'm so excited for all of you. You're going to get to hear from a very special friend of mine by the name of Paula Skier. And she's going to bring you into her world of playing within a wind symphony. Beautiful music that Paula helps create from her talents. And again, this is a beautiful uh, example of going above and beyond your day job to do something that you love and are talented at. So with that in mind, let's get into it. Paula Skier. Hi, Lonnie. Hi there. How are you? Good, thanks. How are you? Good, good. Thanks Great. for joining me tonight on uh, our podcast, Beyond My Day Job. And uh, aptly titled with you as our guest tonight, The Symphony. We're going to get to talk about a passion of yours that uh, I'm excited to explore a little bit with you. <laughs> so, well, thank you. I'm, I'm excited to be here. It's, uh, it's Oscar night. So um, 
I don't know. I'm just sitting around in my pajamas, so nothing special in the Miller household. <laughs> I'm wearing spike. a ball gown. <laughs> <laughs> I expect selfies afterward, please. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. All right. All right. Um, well, let's get into it. I really want to uh, see where this part of uh, your non-work life uh, keeps you keeps you hopping and excited. So uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about... Um, who you play for and how you got into the symphony and just a little bit of kind of lead us up to the point that um, got you even interested in that. Some of your, you know, some, I assume some musical background or interests. So take it from there. Sure. So uh, I actually studied music in, in my undergraduate college career. I went to Syracuse university and I majored in music industry. So my dream was to get into the music business. What part of the music business? Uh, well, I, I, my dream was to be an A&R guy slash gal, <laughs> yeah. meaning um, the artist and repertoire group. They're the ones that pair the, the artists with the material that they record in, in, the, in most cases when they're not writing their own material. Okay. Um, it didn't exactly come to fruition. It came a little bit close. I did some, I did some internships and I did, um, I did get a job working for Warner Brothers Records when I graduated from college. I ended up doing international public relations okay uh, which was kind of fun and i got to meet a lot of famous people and basically bring coffee to a lot of famous people <laughs> like, like who <laughs> who loved your coffee <laughs> uh let's see chrissy hine and the pretender oh yeah uh, george benson uh, um just to name a couple that come yeah. to mind all right um i did my internship at island records i didn't get to meet any of the artists but i got to go to see some u2 concerts and robert palmer i got a lot of free albums Oh. That was the biggest perk in uh, that unpaid internship. <laughs> yes, yes. You should be so but, fortunate. Yeah, so it was a lot of fun, but um, it was impossible to er actually earn a living is what I found, unfortunately, because so many people want to get into that business that it's, it's essentially slave labor. Hmm. So okay. um, I was living at home, commuting into New York, and I, I just was in a non-sustainable position. So I ended up pivoting into a completely unrelated career, but I always kept up my love for music. And I've been playing. I started on the piano when I was about five, and then I picked okay. up the flute when I was about 10. And then in high school, I picked up the saxophone, and I've continued to love playing music. So and hold, I've, you hold, know. hold on, hold on, on, on the sure. what, what's the, what's the, what's the term they, they give to someone who plays a, 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 a flute? Like it's not a flutist. It's a, it's a slightly different, is it? Well, a, it is actually the, the American is a flutist. I think okay. in Europe or in, in, in England, perhaps they call it a flautist. That's what I've heard. I, I didn't know if that was a regional or is there a nuanced meaning between the two terms? I think they're probably, probably interchangeable, but I say okay. flutist. Got it. Okay. <laughs> we love to Americanize our, our pronunciation. Yes, it doesn't quite sound quite as fancy, but you know, it, it is what it is. <laughs> okay. So piano, flute, and saxophone. How did you, uh, were you excited when Bill Clinton was uh, playing the sax during his campaign? Uh, I don't the, think that was really, <laughs> no, was I don't think that point. was really my, my cup of tea. No, I, I go for more of the, you know, the real musicians where that's their number one thing. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> not playing Fleetwood Mac, you know, right. riffs with the sax. Okay. Although it was kind of cool, you know, that, that yeah. is kind of cool. So yeah, I got to respect anyone that loves music. Right. I, I, I believe you there. Yes. Huh. All right. Yeah. So I, you know, I kept up my playing. So music, uh, flute is really my primary instrument, uh, but it's a kind of instrument that, you know, playing alone is really not so great. You need an ensemble. 
to okay. play. And so, you know, over the years, I, I stopped playing and it just kind of went by the wayside. And then about 10 or 12 years ago, I got invited to a reunion concert from my high school where <laughs> all of the band alumni from over the years were invited back including the band director of, of the time. It was called kind of like a Mr. Holland's opus moment. Yeah, yeah. And so I took part in that, and it made me remember how much I loved playing and how much I missed it. Uh, that's great. And I was talking to a good friend of mine, who I know is a friend of yours, Mr. Jeff Martini, about it. Yes. And yes. he said, you really should find a local band and start playing again because you love it so much. And I said... You're right. And he kept on badgering me until I finally did something about it. <laughs> that and sounds like Jeff. Yeah. He big, kept saying, did you look into it? Pusher. Did you look yep. into it? <laughs> and so finally I went online and I live in Bergen County, New Jersey, which is Northern New Jersey. And I, okay. I found a local community band called the Win uh, Ramsey Wind Symphony. And there was a okay. contact email and I sent in an email and the band director at the time, Charles Yasky, he responded and he said, I'm sorry, we're full. We don't have any room. We don't, we don't need any flute players right now, <laughs> but we'll put you on the waiting list. <laughs> we're all out of, we're all full of flutists. <laughs> all full of flutists, right. I should have pl paid, played the bassoon or something. That's a little harder to find. <laughs> so eventually about, I think maybe a year later, he did in fact email me and he said, we have some openings. Why don't you come in? And that was about eight or nine years ago. So and, between yeah. when, when you first, when he first said, Hey, we're not now. And when he got back with you about a year later, had you still been thinking about it or you just kind of given up and said, well, you know, whatever, what, where was your head in terms of, you know, that waiting period, if you will. Um, I, you know, I thought about it, but it wasn't, it wasn't something where I felt like, Oh my God, I, I have to do this. I, you know, yeah. if he doesn't call, I'm going to be so upset. That type of thing. <laughs> it was more like, well, you know, I, I, I put it, I put the good word in, I, I yeah. did my part and, you know, hopefully something will come of it and okay. um, planted the seed. And so then, you know, about a year later, they called me in and, and I was able to uh, come and start playing with them. We rehearsed, so, they rehearsed on Wednesdays. Was there an audition for you I personally? I wasn't sure when I went in exactly what the process was because it was a little unclear. So I actually prepared, you know, as a music major, I was used to preparing a piece for an audition. <laughs> So wow. I, I actually did prepare a piece Okay. and I was nervous. I went in and I thought that I was going to have to play. Yeah, I don't know if I had, was going to have to play in front of just the conductor or in front of the whole band, yep. but they never actually auditioned me. He just said, you can sit over there. And they stuck, <laughs> me, they stuck me in the end of the flute section and, uh, you know, and I took my seat and that was that. Um, so, and then over the years, they moved me up and they moved me up and they moved me up. Okay. Until, you know, that, I don't know, a few years later, they put me into the first flute section. And right. then I, you know, moved up and moved up. And three years ago now, I guess it was, I've officially become the principal flute player. And, and so I lead the section. Oh, that's awesome. That's good. So is that, I know in high school, when you mentioned your reunion, all the, a lot of my friends are in the band and we finally called them bandsies. And um, so the, the, the jocks, it was a derogatory term, but for the friends of the people in band, it was a, terms of, it was a term of endearment. Um, 
but it just kind of made me think about uh, someone that would say, oh, I got first chair or I'm second chair or whatever. Do they use that language with the symphony that you're in? Do they, they say what, what chair you're in or any politics or any jostling to try to get that, you know, from a competitive standpoint? Right. Well, the, the Ramsey Wynn Symphony is not really that competitive. There are other local ensembles that are much more political and competitive. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, we'll pretty much take anyone who can play at a decent level. Yes. Yeah. Um, but we will try to just place people into the appropriate section. Okay. Um, but we don't necessarily do first chair, second chair, third chair. We have a principal of each section. Yep. And then we have, you know, if it's clarinets, there's first, second, and thirds. If there's flute, there's just first and seconds. Okay. But we'll just right. try to place you somewhere where you're comfortable. Got it. Uh, so so it's not that political, and which is I like about it because yeah. I work full time. I have enough office politics, and <laughs> competition in my in my day job. I don't need that in my hobby. Right, right. Great, great philosophy. Yeah, good attitude about that. So if you're currently the principal fl flutist for or principal. Say it again. Tell me your title. You can just so say principal flute. Principal flute. Got it. Yeah. Got it. All right. Okay. Um, so from from the Ramsey Wind Symphony, what's what's their goal? Like, when do they play? What are they about, really, as an organization? What what's their purpose with the community? Sure. So it's a it's a community concert band. Um, we yeah. are sponsored by the town of Ramsey, New Jersey, which is okay. adjacent to where I live. So we're very fortunate because many community bands don't have any type of sponsorship whatsoever. Hmm. Um, and so we do have a small endowment, which allows us to pay for a band director and music and you know some expenses and we have to pay in many cases for venues where we play concerts yep. uh, we do about probably about six to eight concerts a year in a variety of, of venues everything from you know for the town of ramsey who is our sponsor we play their annual fireworks every year we have a okay. holiday concert every year uh, we do the christmas parade with santa we have a brass ensemble that, that plays in the in that and the 9-11 memorial, uh, okay. things like that. Yeah. Um, we also do things like playing at nursing homes and we play an annual Veterans Day concert yeah. for people in the community, which is you know, great and very rewarding. Yeah. And then we just do, we do some concerts for ourselves at a variety of venues and some, some are pretty interesting. I mean, some are just in churches or concert halls. Uh, we play every year at the Rockland Boulders now, which is a minor league baseball team. We play their okay. July 4th uh, game. So followed by the fireworks okay. every year, which is really fun. <laughs> but where do they, where, where do you play in regard to the ball field? They play at a small stadium in uh, Pomona, New York. Okay. Okay. And do so, they bring you into a seating area or are you actually brought out onto the turf or the green where the ball players, where the game's taking place? We're not on the turf. We're in a little, um, little section um, by where some of the kitchens and the catering are. It's right off of the field. Yes. It's off, right off of right field. Okay. And um, the stands go all around the opposite side. So we're kind of opposite the Jumbotron. Oh, So okay. it's kind of fun because they, they broadcast us up on the big screen so under the big yourself. light. If you look up from your music, you can see yourself up on the Jumbotron. Yes. So <laughs> it's, it's a thrill. <laughs> and so yeah, they bring out, you know, at the end of the game, we play and they bring everybody out onto the field with the kids and the families and they come right wow. up and we play a concert and as soon as we finish with the traditionally the stars and stripes forever, the fireworks go off. Got it. Got it. So it's very, very choreographed. And uh, yeah. we've been doing that for a few years. So that's a lot of fun. 
what's your most memorable venue that you've played? Well, I like the, the boulders is great because, you know, the jumbotron, it's a, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a biggie. Um, we also got a few opportunities to play at MetLife stadium for the Bergen community college commencement ceremony. Okay. So that's a great venue. Um, you know, we're out, they cut, they basically cut the football field in half and, but we're out on the field <laughs> and, uh, it's not the, not, not the most exciting concert. We're mostly playing pomp and circumstance for about 20 minutes, <laughs> but it is a cool venue. <laughs> okay. Anything in, uh, they were bringing you into the city to join up with other symphonies or orchestras or anything like that field trip, so to speak for the Ramsey wind symphony. Uh, we haven't, we had an opportunity once when I first started to potentially play Carnegie hall. Um, which would have been amazing, but um, we would have had to actually fundraise quite a bit because we would have had to have to pay quite a bit of money to Hmm. actually be able to play in that venue. And I'm I'm just kidding. I'm just kind of ignorant to that process. Well, they weren't going to sell tickets to see the Ramsey wind symphony. That was enough to pay (laughs) for opening Carnegie hall. Okay. So I think they have certain (laughs) nights where they invite, you know, non-professional groups to come in but right. it's basically self-funded. Got it. So, okay. So, uh, you know, we voted on it as a group and I think, you know, it would have cost us several hundred dollars per band member. And okay. I said, yes, but it got voted down, unfortunately. <laughs> but I think it would have been worth it just to have as a life experience to play Absolutely. Carnegie Hall. Oh, wow. Um, but yeah, but we have had a lot of interesting soloists that come out and play with us. Okay. So we've had a soloist from the New York Philharmonic, we have, we've had soloists from the Metropolitan Opera Orchestra, to name a couple. Okay. So that's been a thrill. And, yeah. uh, you know, a little bit of New York coming out to New Jersey to join right. us. Right. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Plus, you get the benefit of just then kind of interacting and meeting someone else. It's got other, you know, and these folks are probably individuals that have traveled the world, you know, or played with other large, you know, orchestras and such, too. Yeah. So it's, it's really, and they've been, all the soloists that we've worked with have been incredibly down to earth, you know, very nice giving, mentoring, they give advice. I mean, just very approachable. So it's been a great experience. No divas or prima donnas, et cetera. No, not, not in my experience. I think if they were divas and prima donnas, they wouldn't have chosen to come and play with us. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of funny. Yeah. (laughs) Keep it it back. It's, it's, it's a, it's a nice, you know, professional, but it's community symphony. So from that side, what do you have to wear? What's your attire typically? Uh, Well, it depends if it's a formal concert, then it's concert black. The gentlemen are in tux and the women are in long black dresses. Okay. Skirts. Um, if it's something like a July 4th, then we're typically in black and white, uh, you know, black bottoms, white tops, more casual. Okay. If it's a summer outdoor event, that type of thing. Got it. Got it. Are you playing mostly indoors, would you say, in terms of the mix of um, concerts that you play? Well, most outdoor? of the year, it's, it's in, you know, most of the year in New Jersey is not outdoor playing weather. Got so it. So probably it's mostly indoor, but... Um, okay. But starting in the spring, you know, we always have we always have a, a couple of July concerts that are outdoors. And then we have yeah. a September regular gig also that's Ramsey Day. It's a community day that's always outdoors. And the 9-11 Memorial is always outdoors. So okay. I would say yep. three or four and, and, the, and the baseball. So maybe five outdoors. So, yeah, it's about half and half, I guess. Hmm. Um, I'm curious what anyone you know after the concert or people maybe that have followed you or seen you guys play multiple times have 
you had any residents or any individuals come up to you and talk that any you know, just kind of real meaningful or memorable comments or feedback that you've gotten from people that have watched your concert? Uh, yeah, a few times, actually. I think some of the most meaningful to me have been when we've played the Veterans Day concert and you've got, we played in Rockland County, New York one year at a, at a uh, high school and they bust in war veterans from several nursing homes in the area and from the mm. VA home. Okay. And they all were wearing their hats with their pins and from their service units. Yeah. Um, and, you know, most of them are of course elderly and yeah. some were in wheelchairs. And then after the concert, like so many of them came up to us and you know just said how important it was and how honored they were that we played the Veterans Day and we, we did a like, military marches and patriotic yeah. music and and it was it was incredibly touching hmm. and uh, also when we you know we play at nursing homes you know Christmas concerts and things like that and there's this one nursing home that we play almost every year and they they bring us cookies and juice and they, <laughs> they just love us. And they, you know, we come in and they, they're sitting there an hour before the performance, like in the front row, ready to go. Yep. <laughs> Here we go. Can't wait. Uh, so uh, wow. it's just nice to bring joy to people that, you know, don't get yeah. that much opportunity to be exposed to live music. Yep. And from where your chair is, you are relatively closer to the audience given your, your playing position. Is that correct? Yes, I'm Typically. right in the front row of the of the band on the end, right next to okay. the audience. Okay, all right. Oh, how nice. That's really cool. Yeah, I've always curious when people, you know, I mean, because you're practicing and you put a lot of sweat equity into this. So just curious what kind of community feedback that, that you get. So it's good. It's it's nice when it's it's appreciated from that side. And it's, it's like my um, wife and I went to a um, funeral uh, a couple months ago with uh some friends that we've known for years and her husband was a Vietnam uh, vet and the local army um, brigade and all of the vets, they were at the funeral and I don't even know if all of them knew him, but they were all out of respect. So they came in and, you know, went up to the casket. It's just really touching when you bring in that, the veteran aspect of life and you see the, the level of um, reverence that they give to people as well as, you know, being recognized themselves. So it's just always kind of touching whenever I see that in action. So it's good that the, the vets that you guys see on veterans day, you know, they're, they're recognizing that too. Yeah, it is. It's, it's a good feeling. How does, uh, how does your family interact with this, with your concerts? Uh, you know, are they there with you each time? And, you know, cause you've got a couple, a uh, couple of children and your husband. So you know, what's, what's their involvement or monitoring or participation with you? Right. Well, they, they come when they can, but given yeah. schedules being what they are these days, that's not necessarily to every concert. Okay. Um, I've got a couple of high school kids, so they've got a busy sports schedule and uh, sometimes they're not able to make it, but I do have a concert coming up in a couple of weeks. And I think for once on a Sunday, Yep. And I think everybody can make it this time. So that'll be, <laughs> that'll be nice for me to see them in the audience. Um, right. But I have a couple of friends locally, uh, one of them being our mutual friend, Jeff, who is yeah. a trooper and is almost always in, in oh. audience for our shows. <laughs> so usually I have at least one or two people that I know in the audience, even if my family is not able to be there. Got it. Got it. Uh, and sometimes they record your concerts or what's the media distribution to your awareness of, of some of your performances? Yeah, well, we used to record professionally each concert and then release a, a CD. 
Okay. And we would sell them at the concerts and then we would just buy them ourselves. And it was, you know, not quite self-funding. Um, <laughs> we brought in, we brought in, we have a new, a new music director over the last couple of years and um, some new board members. And the decision was made to repurpose that budget for other things. Yeah. So uh, in the last couple of years, we haven't done the professional recordings. I would, okay. I would love to see them brought back, maybe not for every concert, but it is nice to have the memory of the recording. Um, yeah, yeah. So I wish we would do that again, or maybe even do a video for YouTube or something, which we haven't really done. Okay, all right. Hmm. Yeah, well, hopefully other people keep it, you know, <laughs> it's been memorable for them, you know, just as, you know, they were there live, so from that side. Yeah. Um, have you thought about how long you'll do this or, uh, you know, any, any uh, term limits per se or anything like that that applies to, uh, to being part of the community symphony? No, there's no term limits. And I think okay. I'll, I'll do it as long as I continue to enjoy it. I, I don't okay. see any end. I, you know, it's, it's really the one thing that I have kept up for myself, um, despite all the pressures of a full-time job and a family sure. and everything yeah. else. Um, I've always carved out the time for my rehearsals and my concerts. And I really look forward to Wednesday nights when we rehearse because I know <laughs> that it's guilt-free night, mom's right. night off, and <laughs> I get to go to rehearsal and I don't have to feel bad about missing out on, on carpooling and driving the right. kids or anything else. And uh, or for leaving work on time that day. Oh, and it's, and, is it weekly? Uh, is practice every Saturday? Uh, we practice every Wednesday. Every Wednesday. Um, for okay. most of the year, except for yeah. over the summer. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, unless I'm on a business trip or there's some other exception. Um, right. Okay. I'm, I'm usually there. Yes. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that. That is great. Yeah. That's just, <laughs> it's kind of nice when I used to, when I used to teach um, adjunct at, uh, University of Michigan Flint. It was the highlight of my week, and I had a horrible commute to get up from where I was working. And but I still I couldn't wait. It was like my Wednesday night, and you know it was an evening class with a four hundred level undergraduate audience. But it was just a thrill. I loved it. So I still do some you know teaching at church right now, and it's still it's, it's a blast. So it's, it's it's nice when you find something. It's like yeah, <laughs> I want to keep doing this. Yeah, and when you're there, you you have no choice but to focus on what you're doing. So Absolutely. you really can't think about your to do list or your issues at work <laughs> or whatever it might be because I do tend to obsess on those things. So it's nice to be forced to put those all to the side, and it's uh, it helps keep me sane for sure. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Well, I know we talked a little bit about just some of the, um, you know, when they used to record uh, your, your concerts and I kind of want to um, have you help wind us down tonight. Um, you had shared a piece with me and I want to be able to have our listeners listen to it after we're done talking and wondered if you could help introduce and, you know, give us a little background on the, on the song that everyone will hear in a few moments. Sure. So this is a piece uh, called Everything is Beautiful, and it's written by Samuel Hazo. He's an American, a modern American composer. Uh, okay. He was born in 1966. He still lives in Pittsburgh. Um, yep. This particular piece was commissioned um, in memory of Charles Campbell, who was a renowned music educator and conductor and mentor to many young music students. Okay. And he was posthumously inducted into the Bands Hall of America Hall of Fame. Uh, so the piece, again, is called Everything is Beautiful, and the, the specific piece um, is the second movement, which is called Irish Tune. 
and okay. it opens with a lovely flute solo by yours truly yes yes that's right <laughs> awesome so for those of you staying with us which i know you are as this interview ends listen to the uh, song following this and at the very beginning you will hear paula start that that section with the irish uh it was it irish the, irish tune irish tune awesome got it paula i can't thank you enough for doing this and, and sharing some of your uh fun love hobbyists you know outside of your day job um so i just really it's nice hearing someone energized and excited about something outside of the normal day-to-day grind that you know so many of us put up with so um thank you for for doing this it's my pleasure thank you thank you and for those of you keep uh keep tuned we're not done yet and you'll uh, be blessed audibly by paula and the ramsey wind symphony here in a moment and you've been with us on Beyond My Day Job with our special guest, Paula Skier. Paula, thanks again. Thank you. Good night. Night. Thank you.